Hey folks, welcome to Infused, our cannabis talk show where we take you inside the industry that is literally grown around our favorite plant. I'm here in the Alias Can Studios where our motto around here is, of course, no one grows alone. And I'm not alone today. I'm joined by our amazingly talented co-founder, Francesca. Francesca, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Nick. Thank yeah. you for asking. That's very sweet of you. you <laughs> now, now I don't believe you. Now, <laughs> Actually, it is. I'm really excited for today. I am tremendously excited for today. There's a lot to be excited about, though. I mean, it's April. Um, we have this thing called hope again. Uh, every day we're getting more and more notice that people are getting vaccinated and that public health is going to be better soon. So that makes me really, really excited. And I wanted to ask you, because I know it's just one of these things you're chomping at the bit. One of the things you miss about our industry, of course, is traveling. You're a so big much. traveler. You're a big traveler. And it, it made me think, is there one particular spot uh, and by spot, I mean uh, a hotel. Is there like a place that you're looking forward to returning once everybody's safe and sound? The number one hotel I have to get back to as soon as I feel like comfortable flying and that for me means vaccinated mm -hmm. is definitely the Cosmo at um, in Vegas on the Strip. The Ooh. Cosmopolitan is just it's all swank oh and it's fun as yeah. like an escape. So I'm into it. I want to get back there so bad. Oh, and they have this secret pizza place that is awesome. You're huge on that one. You are huge <laughs> on that one. And it, it is a place. It's a very, very impressive hotel. As, as the Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer version would say, very cosmopolitan. It is a, <laughs> it's one of my favorite places to go. I was thinking I want to get back to, um, and part of it's like a family thing. I love that Swan Dolphin complex down in, in Orlando where my sister works. Classic. It's one of my favorite places to just go relax. And I was thinking of that too, because I've experienced it in different ways. As a kid, when my sister was starting out as an intern down there, uh, we went down and she got my parents a room that was a concierge room. And this is what kind of scars it in my memory. We had never been with any kind of concierge service. So my father loved it. And he began to live in the concierge lounge. I'm not, I'm not kidding. He'd be like, he'd be like anybody, you know, they got great bagels. They got this, they got that. And it got to a point where he knew he's like, you know, Brett leaves it too. But then uh, Crystal, <laughs> she should be coming in. She's originally from Texas. I'd be like, Oh my God. It was just, it was damn embarrassing. But that was, that was, that was, I can so see it. Oh my God. You, you should, the general was in his glory. Hi general. And hi, Cookie, too. I was talking about my sister's hotel down there. Um, but, but the thing was, I'd never experienced a concierge and sort of that they're, they're there to kind of just take care of the various needs of the guest. Um, and I, I remember that uh, in that famous office episode where Michael Scott went to the Montreal Hotel and they said, just ask the, con the, can the concierge. And they said, they have one of those? Well, did you know that uh, there's something called a concierge? I did know this. I you know this because I'm this? friends with this can this concierge, this mystical creature that's amazing. So you know why I'm so excited about today because I definitely uh, do. today, infused listeners, we we have a huge treat and and uh, our very special guest that's joining us today. She's so impressive. Uh, she's so interesting, and it's it's an education just to talk and 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 uh, excuse me, read her blogs. She's a women's cannabis educator. She is a creative and marketing ideatrix. She is a sociologist. She's a canamom, but most importantly, she's the founder and CEO of Cancierge Consulting. Join me in welcoming 
Christina Forbrick. Christina, Woo! hey. Hello, hello, hello. Thank and you hi. so much. Hi. Um, tell us, how is it uh, like you're in San Diego? What's the weather like? Just perfect? Uh, no, it's bad <laughs> today. Quote, bad. Uh, it's actually, we have a storm coming in, so it's going to be really rainy and cold. It's very windy right now. So for the next two days, we have real weather now. I've lived here my whole life, and it has definitely changed. Like, yeah. literally, we did not have this much weather. So yeah. Sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad. <laughs> but um, it's still beautiful. I am not complaining. I'm not Very complaining. Very good. Very good. Well, I mean, you brightened our day just by joining us. So thank you so much. And I want to get right to it. Um, we're culturally aware of what a, a concierge does at a hotel for guests. But could you could you tell us what is the role of the concierge? Yes. Okay. So uh, the concierge is my my idea, um, and it actually sprung from my past as a hotelier. I was in hotels and hospitality for many years, and I have a deep passion for that industry. Actually, I, I have a lot of friends in it, and uh, it's super super fun. So I love. I'm a hotel junkie and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, me too. So um, I when I started my company about five years ago, I love wordplay. I love puns and. So I thought, you know, what am I doing here? I'm guiding people with weed. I'm kind of a concierge. And so I, I thought, okay, that's, that's hilarious. Inspired. And so I trademarked it. I did all the things because I just felt it in my bones. And so um, it really does, it's, it's illustrative of what I do. You know, I'm, I really am uh, a guide for cannabis in people's different lives and um, a kind and helpful resource. Absolutely. I'll say, definitely. Absolutely. That's what I love about your, your business model. It's so people focused. And, and while you're helping people, you're also doing something that is of, of infinite value to those of us in the cannabis community, because every time you work with somebody and introduce them to this plant or take them further along their journey to this plant, you are helping you know, demystify uh, the plant and you're helping us to, to end that stigma that, that still surrounds cannabis to this day. So I'm just, I'm just such a huge uh, a fan of the way you approach your work. You take people and you, you personalize, you, you give them a, a can of plan. What, what goes into to making that? Sure. So I work with individuals and families as well as businesses, but on the individual side, essentially what I do is I uh, work with someone with between questionnaires and surveys to understand what their needs are and, and what their health is and all that kind of stuff. I use confidential questionnaires. And then we we talk and I help them devise a plan that gives them informed education to make informed consumption decisions, essentially, so that I'm not saying use this product and this and this and this. I'm saying this is the type of thing you want to look for. Look for these qualities, these types of indicators, uh, purity, etc. And then they're able to go out and shop and experiment in a safe way where they feel like they're making educated guesses essentially so i it's my hope that i give people an entry point into something that maybe they were afraid of before for whatever reason obviously a ton of stigma and uh, misinformation so that's my my genuine goal how do you how do they find you 
Christina. Like, I mean, I think I, I found you, so I found you on Instagram. <laughs> um, but you, you mentioned like individuals and groups and businesses. Do you market to each differently or do you kind of collect those who find you where you are so that you have like a better matchup or kind of give us some insight on if I'm, if I'm this quote unquote green, how would I stumble upon somebody sure. that's such a professional? So it's a lot, it's a mix. You know, I haven't done any paid traditional promotion and I've found that, and I've been doing that on purpose because I want to see what I can do on an organic scale and really build um, a base that's engaged and there for value. And uh, so I'm not consumed with certain things like likes and stuff. Uh, people find me um, on Instagram, but mainly in real life, it's by word of mouth. It's by other clients and my friends and their moms mm -hmm. and okay. grandmas. And I did a 70th birthday party last summer, you know, or two summers ago now, wow. um, because a friend had said, Hey, I have a friend who's really good at talking about this stuff. And, um, as a, as a woman, obviously I have experience as a patient and advocate and a female human. So it's really, it's very much in my wheelhouse. And I come from education as well. I had a, a career in um, development for public education. So doing public speaking um, and not necessarily selling something, but showing mm -hmm. people the features and the benefits of cannabis and then dispelling some myths is essentially um, what I've been known to do. So basically word of mouth. And as far as working with companies, essentially that has been, um, very fortuitous in many times. Um, but also I have connections, you know, I, I have true friendships in the, in this industry. And, um, oftentimes I'm working behind the scenes on something, um, for a big company and I don't even talk about it because it's something that I am being paid to do. And it's a consulting gig and, it's not for clout, you know, it really is like yeah. I'm writing it, I'm writing content. So um, it depends, but mainly word of mouth. And I think it is, a, it, while people think it's like this big, huge billion dollar industry, which it is, but it's also a very small community. Yes. So if you are, um, if you aren't living up to what your, what your goals are or being authentic, that gets that gets ferreted out very quickly. And so if I, I try to be as authentic a human as I can be, and I think that that is very attractive to uh, companies because I am also a creative, I know how to authentically articulate myself and authenticity is key when you're mm -hmm. you know working in this space. Um, but I would like to do more promotion and things like that but I just haven't I just haven't gone there yet and it's been it's been really fortuitous at this point yeah I mean but, but what what uh, that's a hell of a calling card where you say that you know it's mostly word of mouth and you are uh serving the needs of a growing important demographic I might my I just took note when you said you did a 70th birthday party I know recently. that's I was like yes I, I might need to have you do my 40th <laughs> Well, but it, it's, it reminded me of like my aunt uh, telling me that, wow, we're coming back to this plant. We fooled around with it as teenagers, mm -hmm. but we're reading, we're learning that eh, it's a lot healthier than popping these 
two, four pills a day, and we want to know more about it. So as, as that generation comes back to a plant that they, they may have fooled around with in the past, they're, they're going to, to, to you. I, I find that so incredible. And, that, that, and that, it's really great. But, you know, there are also people who are still very, very um, ignorant and uneducated about this who are in that same age bracket. I mean, I was, a, I was in a city planning meeting two weeks ago as an mm -hmm. advocate because it was all this whole conservative board anti-pot for a small portion of San Diego and they didn't want to allow uh, legal dispensaries, they were calling drug houses, um, in because oh. trying to get rid of the illegal trap houses. And I was like, you don't quite understand how economics works. So let me help you with that, you know. And then, <laughs> and then they were using really bad language. They were saying mm -hmm. marijuana, drug addicts, murders, things like this. And I was like, first of all, let's talk about, you know, Whoa. let's just talk about the word marijuana and as this all white board, all white old people. Why you. you might not want to use that word. It's, it's rooted in racism. Here's why. And I did that firmly and kindly, but then they went off the rails. I mean, I've never seen someone... So it gets so mad at me saying something is medicine, you know, getting up, walking away from their laptop, sending me nasty messages. So part of my work also is walking straight into those conversations because I'm very confident in answering questions and dispelling myths and, and saying, actually, like uh, criminalization of cannabis has led to huge social equity problems and is rooted in racism. And they're like, oh, no, that can't be true. And this woman actually <laughs> said to me, oh, no, my black friend says that marijuana is not a racist <laughs> word. And immediately I was like, your white supremacy is showing. Yes. Um, I didn't yes. see it, but I did text it. <laughs> but um, that was really... You know, when people are like, oh, it's 75% of the country is there. And that's true. But we are in a bubble on the coast. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even inside of our little bubble, there are insulated, you know, cells of people who are just really uninformed. Yeah. And it all comes down to education because when they were having this conversation in the city planning meeting, they were talking about how they need to do more cleanup in their parks because they keep finding syringes and drug paraphernalia. And I immediately, in my head, I know this statistic. Oh, all right. There are a recent study, two months ago, this study was, was, was actually published and they did longitudinally sound, scientifically valid, 823 communities in America. And they saw a 17% decrease in yep. opioid overdoses when there were just two cannabis dispensaries available. So, I mean, those are very important conversations to have. And they're also really part of how I educate my clients. They're mostly white ladies. Mm -hmm. They should understand the socioeconomic underpinnings as well as the biologics, if they're going to be using this plant and understanding its place in our in our society. So that's also really important to me. Do you find that the, that the ignorance exists in pockets of demographics or is it, um, and, and it almost sounds like there's different groups that might hold different beliefs that are misleading myths, flat out wrong, inflammatory, racist. I mean, a whole wide range in that spectrum, but do you find that generally 
this demographic believes this to not be true and this demographic believes this. And so you, you know, almost like what to work on when you're approaching somebody and you're like, I can take a reasonable guess that I'm walking into an all white conservative male board that I'm going to have these uphill battles versus if I'm talking to um, a baby boomer, you know, person, then I'm going to have these uphill battles or is it just everybody's misinformed equally about different things? I think equally everybody's pretty misinformed. Yeah. But I do. I mean, if when I saw who was on this board and I saw the, the pre-information, I knew exactly what I was dealing with. I thought, okay, well, I can't really lead with the social equity piece because these people don't care about that. Yes. About taxes. Yeah. And so I did that, but you know, I'm not going to leave it out. So I, I got, you know, I got all my, all my things in, but yes, absolutely. You can look at someone and talk to them for a little bit, understand a little bit, but it's gotten so changed, so different, you know, in the last few years, you can find conservative people who use cannabis and just do not, you know, acknowledge the hypocrisy in their value set. And mm-hmm. that's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's challenging. It's, 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 it's it like really exceptionalism is. in a way. It's oh, like, yeah. well, it's all true except for it's exactly except for what when I, I do it. I mean, that's that's a huge problem, I would imagine. Yeah, cannabis has a big a big uh, social equity issue. You know, oh I mean, yeah, it's still mainly white, mainly male, um, and all we're asking for is some equity here. And right. uh, yes. it's not like we're asking for something that isn't fair. And frankly, <laughs> women- The opposite. Been, <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I, women have been in this industry and community for a long time. I mean, most of the women that I've known most of my life uh, have been doing, have growing experience for 30 years. Wow. Have been doing this in the unregulated market for years as legacy growers. And- um, we have a huge foothold here. It's just that we as women have been, you know, everyone in weed has been shunned for a certain amount of time and people have done time for that. People have died for this. Um, but I do feel women are even more stigmatized because we're held to a different set of standards. You know, it's almost sure. as if, the, oh, uh, well, you're a mother and you smoke cannabis. How does that work? I'm like, how does it not work? You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a drinker. I don't drink alcohol. I don't do, I don't do any, I like don't even really want to take Advil very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can have some, some herb. I'm getting my second dose of the vaccine tomorrow. Hey, and, congrats. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a caregiver. So I do have an eligibility in there. I'm, I, I work with my mom and she's um, quite frail. So I am really fortunate to be able to get my first dose tomorrow or my second dose rather. And I know what I'm preparing for. I got a vial of RSO. I know I'm not going to feel so hot if my immune response is really good and I'm just going to sleep it off. I'm going to take a huge edibles nap. So Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to use fever reducer. Yeah. Like I'm just going to use straight up cannabis. So it's, it's very, very easy to mom and be a cannabis user. Well, that, that was one of the things, Christine, I really wanted to, uh, to talk to you about today. I, um, I went through a bunch of, uh, I went through your, your 
blog about being a working can of mom and, and the mommy stoned his thing put me right over. I, I loved it right away, but I'm looking at something that, you know, what was taboo, absolutely taboo just at, you know, a decade ago is really now becoming, uh, I guess, part of this new normal that, that we mm-hmm. hear about in cannabis all the time. And I was in a webinar last Thursday where they talked about with the Brightfield group talking about how there's a there's a direct line you can draw between moms using more cannabis uh, starting at the, with the pandemic and you, you can see the numbers. You wrote something I thought was so great. So I wanted to share it Please. From, your, from your blog where you said, for me, herb is a support system, medication, recreation, meditation, and social change all wrapped up in a joint. It helps me calm from stressors so I don't snap at people. I love it. It quells aches and pains and illnesses naturally. I mean, Congratulations. That's a hell of a commercial for cannabis in general. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but are, are you are you working with more uh, moms? And if so, or do they fit a particular age group that you're seeing more of? You know, I work with so many mothers. I, and the thing is that they really are all over the place. You know, like I work with women in their 20s mm-hmm. and women in their 60s and 70s who are moms and grandmas and then women in, you know, from all ages. Um, most recently I was on a call with, um, a woman who's my exact age and had never used cannabis and had been in the dare program and really was frightened from using cannabis. And it had, it had been, you know, basically equivocated with heroin to her. And she was like, I don't even know if I'm up for this, but I had a friend who told me to call you. And after our consultation and you know, I do a follow-up where I send her, you know, some other information, some resources. And um, she said, wow, I was really uninformed. She said she was shocked at the level that she had, hadn't realized. And I said, oh, okay, well, um, if you, you know, tell me if you have other questions. And immediately she's like, let me talk to you in a month. Like, I definitely, I'm going to do some, some research. I'm going to, uh, buy some stuff and I'm going to try again. And we have a talk settled for next week. And, um, she said things have been going really well. She tried some CBD, uh, with a bit of THC in it. So, which I was really hard to get her to do, but, um, Hmm. that is the level. I mean, it doesn't matter what age it really is like where you grew up, who you listen to your education level, your, economic level mm-hmm. i mean yeah. all really it is it's a really complex thing it has to be because when I, reading through your stuff I, I was thinking wow the role that shame has to play in in people you know in your business and overcoming that that shame for one reason or another um it's tremendous um just to to get some relief and, and it, it's exactly. crazy it's crazy to me that we'll accept you know, I can go into a liquor store and see a bottle of bad Pinot that's called Mommy's Time Out. Uh, but people have some guilt and some shame about taking an edible with 10 milligrams or something. But that, that's a lot to overcome. Like you it said, is. the factors, you know, how they were raised, what they listen, who they listen to and that kind of thing. And Absolutely. who they live with. I mean, I am blocking and tackling these things in my daily life. I mean, my husband's not a cannabis user. He a little bit, but he's we're on totally different cultural standpoints as far as it goes with cannabis. And so the other night, you know, we were about to sit down to watch WandaVision and which I love Marvel forever, but (laughs) I was like, Hey, Oh, nice cocktail. He's making this cocktail with all this shit in it. You know, all these specialty booze things he's bought. We even have absinthe 
like yeah. what? Yeah, wow. Um, Hello, 1920s. And, and, <laughs> oh my God. And so I said, well, why can't I hit my vape pen while you're yeah. doing that? I literally asked him, like, why do you give me a side eye if I hit my vape pen? Yeah. And he really couldn't answer me. He's like, I know it's, it's hypocritical. And I'm like, yeah. You know, it's, and it's my that- daughter knows my daughter. It's normalized. She understands. Good. So it's not like something about with my kid. You know, she's not judgmental. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think there's something if, if the hypocrisy is recognized, but it's a hypocrisy that we've grown so comfortable with that we said, but this is just easier. It's just easier to be like, can we just, we all agreed on this. Why do we have to all change? Like, I think that is one of the biggest hurdles to overcome. And I know even when I got started in the industry and, and started smoking and everything, it took me a little bit to come clean to my parents, but I did because we're, we're close like that. Yeah. But I had never known that they had smoked when we were growing up. I just, they would have um, another couple over and the, the two couples would play Pictionary boys versus girls. And my sister and I, we always knew if they were coming over, then we would not be getting to sleep anytime soon because they all laughed so hard, so uh-huh. loud. And I thought Pictionary was just that much fun, but <laughs> they were actually no. going into the basement uh-uh. <laughs> to smoke and then coming up playing picture which does make it a lot more fun pro tip um so but there was i'm like i'm in my mid-30s and you're just telling me this why is there so much wrong with it when no one that i've ever met has been able to articulate what is wrong and be correct they're inaccurate or they can't say it or loud yeah yeah or both yeah they're inaccurate or they're incorrect yeah yeah and um I mean, these are long held beliefs. You know, I didn't know my dad smoked till I was 25. Mm-hmm. And at that point I've been smoking for 10 years, you know? So, uh, and then once I finally smoked some weed with my dad, I was like, oh my God, this is where I get it. Like he's a total pothead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Functional, extremely yeah. well-respected, very productive grandfather, father of four smokes weed. You know, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. And now he's like, hey, can you come? Um, get this herb I have so you can wash it and make some hash. I'm like, oh, this is, this is getting advanced. (laughs) uh, It, you know, I'm sort of, I'm glad I had the experience of hiding it from my parents because I can connect with other people who do that. Yeah. And, um, but now that I've come out with it, my dad is so proud. He is so proud of me. He is a huge supporter of my work. Um, you know, almost all my family members follow my professional feed. And if I, if there was something inauthentic, believe me, they would talk some shit in the comments. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Family's you know, good for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like they're not shy at all. So um, I love that when multi-generational seshes occur, you know, my, my brother moved to Atlanta recently, well, a year ago now. And um he, my dad and I got, you know, stoned on zoom a month ago together. It was so fun. It was, that sounds know, awesome. You know, escape to the backyard real quick when they come over, but you know, now it's on zoom, but, uh, it's such a great way to bond and, you know, you're not feeling sick the next day. You oh, don't make yeah. horrible decisions other than like, you know, maybe too Eating. many fiddles. I definitely <laughs> eat too much crap, but, um, <laughs> I just, I love it for so many reasons. And I was asked recently, oh, well, how do you, you know, separate 
medicinal and recreational. And the answer is that I do not, you know, it's yeah. not really a difference whether, you know, because if you feel wellness is wellness, even if it feels good, you know, it's, it's okay great quote. <laughs> to enjoy it. And so my mental health is dependent on access to outdoor time and healthy food and time with loved ones and weed. Yeah. yeah. Weed yeah. In an immense way. So I, when I'm vilified for it or someone makes some sort of uh, mythical comment, it's like, I can't help myself. I have to say something. It's like seeing a really bad grammatical error in a public service announcement. I just can't, like it gives me hives. So I have to, I just have to say. We we are so connected. No (laughs) doubt. It's ridiculous. I know. I honestly cannot wait till you can come back out here, girl. (laughs) Me too. I'll come out there too. It's not as fun, but you are more than welcome. Hey, come on. You can, you can go, you can go north to south in the state of Delaware in an hour and a half. I mean, come on. You're uh, in Delaware. Yeah, that's right. Wayne's World? Anybody? Wayne's World? Oh yeah. Every time. Oh, it's our very... only reference before Biden became president. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Every time they talk about it, I think of Delaware. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And, and you know, being a Delaware kid, I think that you mentioned dare, right? And um, working with a friend, it's so funny that dare, if you were a dare kid, it's like you have even more of an uphill struggle to, to um, I don't know, I'll, I'll borrow that Mark Twain term, unlearn everything you were told, regardless yeah. of how stupid it was. So, mm-hmm. so what, what, it wasn't even just, it wasn't cannabis. Certainly it was either oh. weed or pot or marijuana, but it was like, you get it two places, the back of a van or, you know, some intergalactic shaman. And, and it's so cool to talk to somebody who's like, we, you know, this, these are our people. And it, it, it's, it's such a, it's a community. You said it before when we got on, when we, when we started this talk. Um, and I, I wanted to since it's becoming slowly, you know, more and more accepted in the lives of so many men and women, talking about women in the cannabis space, um, are you pleased with, with the growth in the last, I don't know, maybe five years of seeing, you know, are you seeing enough diversity? Are you seeing enough inclusiveness? I know we still have a ton of work to do, but it seems, you know, when I look at women grow and network and, and women cultivators that are, that are doing such great work, um, you got to, you know, what are your thoughts? Oh, we have a lot of work to do. We're not nearly, no, 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 of course. No, it's, it's like cannabis so white is like, it's true. It really is. So true. As soon as it went legal, it it's like, here yeah. comes the white people bandwagon in the yeah. biggest way. And it's, oh, big time. it's, it's really bad. one of the worst parts, I think, of comes, legalization. Here comes Wrigley and, and Anheuser-Busch and all, yeah. <laughs> all the it's old boys. Just, um, yeah, other than just like big corporate weed, that's a whole other yeah. shenanigan. But no, we're not diverse enough at all. You know, I mean, as somebody who's pretty sensitive to this, you know, I'm a few years into unpacking my white privilege mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what I'm walking around with due to my genetic expression. And I am very well versed in what's happening in our world and that black and brown bodies have been um, desecrated because of this plant. And we cannot Mm -hmm. forget that as white people who I can go out and smoke a joint on the beach. And if a cop comes over, I am not scared, bro. I don't, I'm just not that scared. 
And you know what? I'm not scared that I'm going to get CPS called on me if I'm smoking weed outside. And those are concerns that my black and brown friends have yep. every day and that they are experiencing on such a cellular level on almost every experience they have from going to the grocery store to getting their mail to opening up their gate to their community. Like if you can't realize that and like the level of privilege that I'm operating in as a white lady yeah, and recognize, especially like some of my conservative friends who have definitely not mm -hmm. done their research and are definitely not on their anti-racist journey yet. So I think it's really important uh, more important. And I think misogyny and racism are, are very closely linked to one another. Like and they are no both question. systemic problems of these institutions that we've been, you know, brought up with since the beginning. And it's the hypocrisy is normal. So we just accept it. And um, because it's not ours as white people, our sacrifice that we have to worry about. We just get to ride the privilege train the entire way. And even as women, like, I know I, I've been pulled into conversations about well, what's it like to be a, a female entrepreneur or a woman in cannabis and a leader of a business as a woman. And I'm like, yeah. um, it's, I don't know how to answer it this actually. I, I really have never been able to successfully answer that to any satisfaction and that isolates something that can't be isolated. It's not necessarily about being a woman, you know, because I now I'm like suddenly a mouthpiece for all women. No, I'm not. Absolutely not. That's gross because I have no idea what it's like to be a black or brown woman at all. So, and I'm not going to pretend to, um, or pretend that my experiences are the same as their experience or even other white women's experiences of, you know, different levels of, of socioeconomic success of, you know, all kinds of things. So I, I always find it a difficult question because I'm not sure what my answer is. Have you, mm -hmm. have you encountered that? I mean, do you, have you, do you have an answer when people are asking you about being a woman in the cannabis space or being a woman business owner and, I, what, what do you say? Cause I still don't know what I said. <laughs> no. <laughs> the thing is, is it's never a woman asked me that question. Wow. Mm, that's true. That's, that's a good point. Wow. Yeah. That's my answer. You know, it's like, if there, if it is another woman's like, so what is your, like, how is your scaling going? Mm -hmm. How is your, um, business plan working or your engagement, you know, it's not connected to my sex and gender. It's just yeah. like, how's your business shit going? But yes, I get asked, how is it to be a mom in this industry and a woman in this industry? And I do understand it because it's woman's month, it's woman's day. It's, you know, we are in a time where um, more people are aware of the issues that women face on a daily basis than have been in the past. And for that, I'm very thankful. I live with a pretty um, evolved husband. My father has been a feminist since day one. Like he's not fucking around with this stuff. And so I'm really lucky to have very empowering dudes around me. Yeah. But even then there's still some unconscious bias. Always. That comes in. Always. So um, yeah, I don't have a good answer either. You know, I say it's like everything else that women have to deal with. You know, I mean, it's like I have to be uh, better 
Mm-hmm. I have to be, you know, people are shocked. They're like, you know, say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a cannabis expert, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, you don't look like mm-hmm. that. You don't look like a, a stoner. Or, or prove like, it. You, prove it kind of question. You have a misunderstanding. Actually, no, you have yeah. a stereotype in mind and that's fine. But I've spent my life dislodging that and I have never been, you know, oh, what I always say is, oh, what you're thinking mm-hmm. is burnout. Ooh. I'm not yeah. a burnout. You know, like this is why stereotypes are so oh, dangerous because I have literally lived to just show people like, go ahead and underestimate me. You know, like in college, smoke a ton of weed, also got straight A's, was the leader of my honor honored society and spoke at graduation and led two, three super awesome traditional careers and now started my own company that is helping support my family. And my eight-year-old daughter's watching this and just like, hell yeah. She started her own little barrette making So I, I want to live so that she sees a great example of someone who's advocating for herself. And that includes using a freaking plant to balance my life. I love that because I think it, it puts the onus back on the question and the person asking the question. Like maybe this question yeah. is problematic. And so we should ask it or get the information that you want out of it in a different way with a different question or a different set, because you're right. I've never been asked that by another woman because that's just not a question unless I'm asking it for like, Hey, do you have an answer for that? Cause I keep getting asked this. And, yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's different than me genuinely wondering what it's like for you. Cause I'm like, I, I love that. I, I want to talk about, um, what it's like to be a cannabis because I think there are people out there that are mothers and cannabis users and never shall the twain meet is kind of the <laughs> philosophy. So I think they, they hide the one life from the other. So huh. integrating those two has to be, it's, it's intentional. So how did you do it and, and why did you do it? And kind of like, what, what do you see as the benefits for you, for her, for your family um, from it? Sure. So when she was about five, so this is three, four years ago, um, you know, I, I grow the plants. I run my business out of my house. I have a weed memorabilia. So she, from an early age, had seen this iconic plant. And um, I remember driving, we were driving home from, from probably preschool or something. And she saw a billboard and said, look, mommy, cannabis. She was learning to read. Oh, great. (laughs) Wow. Um, And I said, okay, well, now's the time. Now I need to explain. And so we started with the garden and, uh, you know, tending the garden. It's next to the tomatoes and the cucumbers and stuff. So it's not like out in some crazy place. Um, So it's very normalized (laughs) in that sense. So she helps me with the plants in the garden. And then we use them, you know, in different ways. So, you know, a lot of the leaves, um, I use in projects or um, in photography styling and um, I've made pesto you know I make some, a lot of non-psychoactive things out of them so my family can have them and CBD infused stuff so uh, I introduced her to that and then I show her the flowers and I mean she watches me harvest them and cure them so I, I I mean I've just taught her this is how you treat herbs mm-hmm. you do the same thing with rosemary and blah 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 and um, and 
you know, I've made her, she has eczema. So she, you know, I've made salve. There's great salves that really help. Um, CBD tea. I infused ice cream with some um, CBD last summer. It was awesome. And I have, she hears me have these conversations with people and I'm having, I'm, I'm explaining things in a very rudimentary way, developmentally appropriate for the client. Mm -hmm. And often that's pretty much close to how I would explain it to a child. So Scarlett, my daughter, has been able to see me say, oh, I'm going to put some CBD in my smoothie. We're going to go on a walk. We're going to go outdoors today, get some exercise, and then we're going to be productive. She'll see me um, stressed and she'll say, do you need a, a mom break mommy? And I'll say, yeah, you know what I do? I'll be back. <laughs> and I'll go. Wow. And she knows I don't, I'm not going to, if she walks out, I'm not going to hide something as if I am doing something wrong. I will not be made to feel like a criminal in my own home. So I, you know, say, don't stand in the smoke line. I don't want her to get smoke. I don't want secondhand smoke to enter her lungs full stop, yeah. but I don't, I'm not going to hide it. And yeah. so I feel like a much calmer person person, you know, and then we're off to doing whatever we need to be doing. And she also hears me even have conversations with her dad when he doesn't fully understand something and, and he doesn't fully understand a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's like a constant daily thing, honestly. And I'm in a point where I'm really confident in this stuff and I'm not looking things up. I'm just having these conversations based on my, my expertise and lived experience but a lot of moms really aren't. Mm -hmm. So I have also been developing a list of quick responses when kids of different ages ask things because I, when I started saying this to Scarlett and saying, well, I also need to protect my neck. You know, yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna send you out into the world and I don't want you to get into weird conversations that are nuanced that you're not prepared for. So I also made a rule with her, you know, in public, like literally with anybody. If anybody asks her a question about weed, herb, pot, cannabis, if she can't physically touch me and get like a nonverbal, it's okay to talk cue, she just says, I don't know. That's it, awesome. It's much easier on her. She, and she knows that I'm not telling this, I'm not saying her to telling her to say, I don't know, because she'll get in trouble. Right. I'm telling her to say, I don't know, because other people do not fully understand this plant's place in our, in our society and bodies. So I think that's amazing. Like make it easy for her. And I don't give her too much information also. Yeah. You're I mean, not, you're not setting her up. Eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's only eight. And I started when she was five. So it was leaf structure, medicinal uses. Our ancestral use of this plant was really a good topic. Yeah. And um, so that's how I had done it. And at this point, she's, she wants to do, you know, I, I, I'm starting to work with a company and they have products that will come out of a bag. And she said, can I help you do a stop motion video where we can take the products out, put the products back in? And yeah, why not? You know, she can be a video producer. She yes. can that and have that authentic experience. I'm not gonna let her eat them. Yeah. But yeah. so I've really tried to be as responsible as a mother and train her to be like, if something's in the house, if it's a piece of candy and you don't know what it is, or if it has a weed leaf on it, you absolutely don't eat it because it's medicine. It's strong yeah. medicine. 
So just like I would say with Advil, you know, I just, it's not locked in some padlock. We don't do that with booze. Mm-hmm. So it's not locked in some padlock cabinet. I'm not afraid she's going to get into it. She's educated about what it is. So she's not going to be that curious because I'm not going to let her get to the point where she has to sneak something. I want to be the educator before someone else is about that kind of stuff. What a powerful Absolutely. approach to it. I mean, you've empowered your daughter to, to be able to not have to take on everybody that's out there that approaches her about it. You've empowered her enough to be educated and to know what is going on in her home and not feel insecure in any way about what is mommy doing when I'm not looking or, you know, when she rushes out of that room or whatever. Um, it's, it's really impressive. And I love that. I remember when we met um, at the women cannabis and insomnia event you held, we were talking about like, you don't lock up booze. You don't, you don't hide booze you just, it's an adult thing. There are adult things. And I think kids understand that if you can teach them that you also have to be, um, so proud that you're raising a child that is not going to have the same stigmas and hangups about cannabis that we did growing up because it's not automatically dangerous just being in the room or being around it. And like, that's not, dangerous. Yes, you can touch it. Yes, you can do, you know, a video of it, but this is not your thing. And that's, um, I think a big part of the future is how we are educating people, both our age and beyond and, and our generation coming and the next generation coming up. Absolutely. And the thing is that a lot of kids who are, and I, I also tell her that there are children who are very sick, who do use this plant, who do consume yes. it and who do need it. And she says, well, I'm not, so I'm not very sick and I don't need it. And I'm just like, correct. Correct. Yes. And so I just stopped there, you know, and it's a really, you know, she, she knew who Charlotte Figi was mm-hmm. and what Charlotte's web is wow. and what that means to the world. You know, yeah. that is very powerful stuff. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't teach my child about this plant. And it's my, yes, it is my vocation. It's for sure my biggest passion outside of my family. Um, But for anyone, you know, there's the criminalization of this plant has has bent the arc of this, um, of our country in a horribly racist way for almost 100 years Mm -hmm. and we're at a precipice where we can really change that. If we're not teaching the people who are going to be leading us in 20 years, we are not serving ourselves. It is just very clear to me. And I really hope that even people who don't use cannabis or don't have, don't see a place for it in their lives are able to embrace it as a cause, like doing a, uh, a, 5k for cancer when you don't have cancer it's okay to support other people's medicinal needs and and advocate for their needs it's not like you would tell somebody well you can't have your diabetes your heart meds because i don't need it i think it's bad correct and it's like what okay no so there's a whole you know it's 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 gonna take a while but i sincerely believe that in my child's generation we're gonna have a much different look to it you know most of the women that i 
um, know who have children now have normalized it to a very great degree. And they inspired me, you know, cause I did hide it from her. My husband, you know, didn't make me feel totally cool about not hiding it. I was relegated to the backyard or to the laundry room or whatever. Yeah. But then I thought, what? I'm not, I'm going to be free. I'm going to be free. And it's, I'm not hurting anybody. And I am definitely helping myself. And it's been 20 years on. So it's not like this is new for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very, this is a very solid part of my lifestyle that, you know, I've integrated more than a lot of others. <laughs> you're, you're doing so much. Uh, you're helping so many and making such a positive impact. And just hearing uh, about you in uh, Charlotte, it just warms my heart. I, I come from, you know, I spent a lot of time in, in education. I was a lit teacher for, for 13 years. And I just love your whole approach to this consistent education. And it is a righteous struggle in our country very much. We know it's a slow burn, uh, no pun intended, but I mean, um, it's, you're hitting it at such the right way. You're confronting, the, instead of, uh, you know, you guys were talking about locking up the alcohol, which we, which we saw, you know, growing up in places like that. But then you assign mystery to it. And when you do that, you give it power uh, instead of just yeah. in, instead of just awesome. confronting it head on and talking about it. My God, just sitting down and talking about things is, is the, the, the hallmark of what we need to do on a number of levels in I'm, our um, culture. Yes. Uh, it um, translates to so many, many things that are happening in our world. It really yeah. does. It really does. Christina, I have, um, before, I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't do this. We, we have questions for you that were submitted. Uh, people want to ask you a couple of things, so I hope that's okay to throw, throw a couple questions your way. And I want to thank, I wanna thank our, <laughs> our teammate, uh, Ashley. Ashley Laws submitted a couple questions to us. And um, as more states and more markets open up, uh, Ashley was was wondering, you know, where you see the industry going, and I wanted to tack something onto that. When when new demographics, like when Florida opens up, do you see the Cancier uh, expanding into these new markets as well, or are you you're pretty well set where you are? Um, I would love to clone myself to all the states, <laughs> um, and there needs to be cannabis educators all over because there's just uh, a huge need for this in our in our world, and um, essentially what that I am doing is I'm trying to work on a way to digitally disseminate myself so that I can be um, a subscription service potentially for really specific content for um, the intersection of women and cannabis. So I'm trying to do it in a digital way to spread my own experience, but I would encourage other people um, to uh, seek out this education in a very deep and authentic way and um, and read as much as humanly possible. And if you have a friend who is really, really into herb, um, ask them questions. Or if, if it's something that you are very passionate about, um, basically educating friends is a great thing to do. I mean, people can book time with me and it's worthy. You know, I've, I've reduced my rates to pandemic rates because it's really hard and um, sure. I have, uh, you know, a great calendar available to people to book time with me, but, um, I would love to be a resource for other people to also become, um, cannabis educators in their own communities, because, you know, quite honestly, every community is different and, um, the approach should be, 
you know, I, I'm not going to be the right person for everybody. Although, um, you know, it's kind of like when we're talking about vaccine awareness, when people are hesitant to take a vaccine, they might be more open to education from someone that looks like them, someone from <laughs> their community. Yeah. And I think that that extends also to this type of stuff because there are so many cultural uh, intricacies, including this, the word marijuana versus cannabis. You know, I should also say that if you are a black or brown person reclaiming that word marijuana, you should use that word marijuana. But um, I do think that people need to be educating within their communities. And if there is a, if there's an idea out there for me to help do that, I would love to hear from someone. Excellent. Excellent. I have an, another one from our team. Oh, Francesca. Wait, I, I wanted to do a quick follow-up on that because Christine, I know you're really involved in the pink sesh. Mm -hmm. Can you talk oh, yeah. a little bit about that? Oh, they're friends. They're my buddies. Yeah. The pink haze and the pink sesh. These are, uh, so brand, uh, weed brand and a social club based here in San Diego. My friends, Summer and Patty, uh, shout out pink haze. Um, they Pink essentially Hayes. started a cannabis social club where you got together once a month and had lunch and smoked a ton of herb together. It's like 30, 40 of us and pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic. <laughs> and um, it was basically the sorority I didn't know I needed. Like <laughs> a really diverse group of women moms, people, grandmas, like everybody. I mean, I, it's so weird to me. I have friends who are like 25 and I'm yeah. not, 20. I'm mm -hmm. nowhere near 25. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. I mean, I have like mentors who are so much younger. It's neat. And so this community, um, it's been, I was one of the first ones that started going. So maybe when the first one, there was like 10 of us. Uh -huh. And so it's been maybe three years, four years. And although it's been on hiatus because of COVID, we've been doing some online stuff. Um, they've been doing some online stuff. And uh, it, it's turned into these little micro communities. You know, I have I made these amazing friendships and I have a lot of friends in my life that I've had for 20 years, but not all of them are cannabis users. So I just met this whole girl gang of women who are just baddies and unapologetic about using cannabis. And they're all super productive, amazing women from former political operatives to lawyers, doctors, accountants, tons of teachers and nurses. I love it. And just moms, hairdressers, athletes, like it's just everybody. And That's so cool. it's, it's, it's a, not all a bunch of white people either. It's, it's like a diverse array of, of women too. So it's cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I got to line up my next trip out there with a, yes, a little do. pink sesh. Hell yes. Yes, you do. Oh and, and, and one more, because we saw a couple names on your, on your link tree and in some of your writing. Uh, we're, uh, our team is curious. Do you have any, any role models uh, that, that are kind of like your touchstones? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, Gloria Steinem is uh, a huge role model for me. Um, Shirley Chisholm is someone that uh, I adore and I look, um, you know, just who else? There are a lot of women who are, <sighs> I love Rachel Maddow. 
I love yeah. as, as do I. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of investigative journalists are really heroes to me. Mm-hmm. And women like uh Deb, Deb Holland, our first uh Native American cabinet that, member. That yes. made me so happy just hearing she was in the running for that 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 position. Oh, absolutely. I mean 35th generation Native American. Yeah. yeah. She's literally the most American person in the Congress. And if there's someone if someone who can answer the call to to help undo the damage that's been done, my God, it's her. She's amazing. She's absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. She is a huge source of pride as far as someone who does, you know, identify as uh, an indigenous woman. Also, she's very, very proud of her. As as you should be, um, Christina. I can't tell you. Uh, what a what a great talk this has been, and I can't thank you enough for joining us. But I want to make sure. Uh, where can we find you? Tell us where we can find the Cancier. Thank you for having me. This is just a total joy. Oh, so you can find me on Instagram at the Cancier. So that's T H E C A N N C I E R G E. You can also find me on my website at the same name. And um, yeah, get at me. You got it, guys. You got it. As somebody who met her through Instagram, um, she is everything online as she is in person. You get the same wonderful woman everywhere. Authentic is her middle name. And it's just one of the warmest things in the world is to be in a room with you. Oh, I adore you, Fran. I really do. Thank you so much for having me today. This was really fun. Uh, you made our day. Get to the website, order the It's a Weed Cough mask. That thing's sold yes, out. I saw it. Congrats to you on that one. Look, and congrats on your second dose. Uh, our best to, you know, we, 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 you know, I hope everything goes well. Thank you. I'll, keep, I'll tell you. I'll let you know how it goes. Please, Please do. do. Please yeah, do. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. This, is, this has been an absolute pleasure today on Infused with our guest, the Cancieres. Guys, we're going to see you next time from Dela Who, Dela What, Delaware. Be good. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, Your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories. 
and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.